father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Hey coaches, this is Nick Bartlett, marketing manager here at Dr. Dish Basketball, and we're thrilled to be a part of the 2020 Championship Vision Virtual Clinic. Coach Kevin Furtado has been a great friend of ours for a few years now, and we greatly appreciate his commitment to growing the game the right way and providing great resources to the basketball coaching community. At Dr. Dish, we're always here to help as well with our state-of-the-art equipment, drills, and content. If you're ready to upgrade to the best training machines in the world and join top programs like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, Louisville, and countless others, we'd love to have you as a part of the Dr. Dish family. Remember, we take trade-ins on all shooting machines, including competitors, for significant discounts. And just by registering for this clinic, you're eligible to receive an additional exclusive $300 off your next Dr. Dish purchase. For more information, visit our website at drdishbasketball.com, give us a call, or shoot me an email directly at nick at drdishbasketball.com. And make sure to follow us on all social media channels at drdishbball. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. I appreciate everybody joining me today. Matt, this is episode 213, my friend. So uh, we're glad to have you as part of the uh, Championship Vision family. So uh, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to be here, Kevin, and and grateful for the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, I always love having the coaches kind of introduce themselves and so forth better than than me doing it. So uh, you're the uh, head girls coach at uh, Fatima High School in Missouri. And uh, I know a lot of great coaches out there. Jared Hunsinger out of Boonville is a good friend of mine. He came to my clinic a while back. You have a lot of great coaches in Missouri. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Jared's a, uh, a good buddy of mine. He runs a lot of the same uh, defensive principles as we do. Uh, that's actually where I got introduced to your your podcast. So that's neat. Um, personally, I, I grew up in Colorado, uh, played at a large high school out there and then came to St. Louis in the early 2000s and played college basketball out there at uh, Maryville University. It, it kind of an, an interesting time. Maryville was making the transition from D, D3 to D2. So I got to kind of experience both sides of that. 
And uh, out of college, I went overseas for a little bit to Italy and came home and got into coaching uh, in the St. Louis uh, AU scene with uh, boys and girls, but majority boys for about five years, built a program up there. And then uh, as fate would have it, I started as a boys assistant coach kind of on the side is just another thing to do. And it eventually led me down here where I was a boys assistant for one year under uh, coach Ryan Robertson. And the following year I got hired on as the head girls coach. Yeah, Matt, tell me about the differences though. Um, and I, I've always coached uh, girls. Tell me the differences. Is this, is this something that um, you just had a niche for, you just really like doing or, um, is there, is there a big difference between coaching the girls and the boys? Well, I, yeah, there's definitely a difference. Uh, ironically, you know, when I was, I had always coached boys programs and boys teams. And when I was my first year here, uh, our boys coach kind of, he goes, we may need a girls coach next year. You think you'd be interested And in, you know, full disclosure. I, I told him that I had zero interest in coaching girls and would never do it. And <laughs> the opportunity came open and, you know, I, I took it and I, to be perfectly honest, I, I absolutely love coaching girls. The, uh, the game's a little bit different, but I feel like as a coach, you can impact, you know, a girl's game more as a coach than you can, uh, as a boy, as a boy's coach in a lot of ways. Um, I think the biggest thing with girls is, uh, X's and O's wise, they're very, very good X's and O's and execution wise. Whereas boys seem kind of, you know, they're going to tend to rely on their athleticism when things break down and, and they're more apt to just break out and kind of freelance on you. Um, and, and girls will sometimes to a fault do what you are asking them to do. So uh, pluses and minuses to both, but I definitely enjoy coaching girls. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I do, I do love, I, I really, I was kind of, I was kind of enthralled with your system a little bit because we have, we call it mayhem system uh, out here and we're a pressing team, fast breaking team. We shoot a lot of threes. Um, we're trying to get better at making them now, but we shoot a lot of them. Um, so talk about your Havoc style defense. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's get right into the meat, meat and potatoes. Talk about that. And uh, you can, bring up the screen. That'd be great for the listeners to, uh, to kind of, uh, get a feel for that. Okay. The, uh, so our havoc or our, we call it chaos. Um, we didn't give it that name. It, it's kind of a, a term that's been applied to us from all of the, the coaches that have gone against us here over the years. Um, it, it started when I was in the AAU scene up there, I met a, a gentleman named Jack Kramer and Jack played up at uh, Quincy High in, in Quincy, Illinois. And he introduced me to uh, the one-two-two press or the, you know, Coach Leggett called it a, the Moline press, uh, like Coach Hunsicker calls it the – he calls it a ball press. Right, ball press, yeah. And so that's that's where I first got introduced to it. And with my boys, I, I didn't really employ the, the chaos factor to it, but that's where I got my feet wet with it. And then I got down here to Fatima and uh, got around Coach Robertson and Coach Terry Wells, who's the head coach at uh, St. James High School down here. 
and they had uh, taken Vance Wahlberg's. Oh my goodness! Soda, water, <laughs> hey, that sounds good. Yeah, they're trying to fatten us up. But they had uh, they had taken Vance Wahlberg's system. Uh, his two two one press and morph that into a half court uh, mayhem style defense, and with with that we kind of mix that in with some of the buzz principles uh, mm -hmm. that uh, you had Mike talking about here a couple days ago. Sure, and uh, turned it into our own version of mayhem or chaos, and it's uh, it's something that no nobody likes to see. Uh, when we when we show up, I don't think it, it's complete and utter chaos for 32 minutes. So, uh, kind of the the basis of it for us is you know we try to keep things as simple as possible for our kids, but we call it buzz. Um, and, and our goals in it is uh, force anywhere from 25 to 30 turnovers a game, and our that that brings us up to you know we're looking to get anywhere from 70 to 75 possessions a game out of that and you know kind of pair all that up we we also try to shoot you know anywhere from 25 to, to 30 plus threes a game uh with it which all that combined together basically turns it into a track meet for us sure so um you know, we, we start in in our one two two basically, uh, which uh, I got a couple good clips here of yeah, let's see it of our uh, where we where we start off in it here. Oh, let's see, I'm in the wrong tab. Let me get this other one up here, and we break it down in our basic one two two to kick things off. If I can get here, we go. And when when it starts out here, get this pause for us. So we got we got our our top girl up here, and then you know in Wahlberg's system, he's going to call that your controller. Right. Uh, and uh, we struggled with with the girls really picking up on that on the five different terms that Wahlberg used. So we just made it real simple, and we we have our ones, our twos, and our threes. So mm -hmm. our one is obviously the top girl in the press. And our twos are the, the two girls behind her. And then the threes are the, the two girls that we keep out around half court. And there's really only three rules for the whole thing. You know, the, the one is responsible for picking up the ball and forcing a speed dribble. And that kind of triggers everything. And once that speed dribble starts, your only other rules is, you know, the, the opposite or the weak side two can't allow the ball to go into the middle. And then your your ball side three has to make sure that we don't allow a strong side sideline pass and from there it's basically read and react so like in this possession here i'll hit play and we got our we got our girl on the ball here and any type of backwards pass is perfectly fine for us and as you can see right here now this big girl playing, she's actually playing at Umsel right now, uh, D2 ball. So she's she kind of posed a problem for us here. But uh, anytime, anytime that ball comes up the floor, we basically are going to end up sending two at the ball. Okay. 
And let me skip up here to another possession. And a lot like Mike was saying, we never have ever really had a, a real good, you know, traditional five. We're always undersized. So we always struggle guarding big girls. So it kind of leads us into that press from the beginning. Uh, but as I, as I filter through these here, you're going to notice, you know, there's always going to be two girls on the ball sure. and that what that does here. So this girl here in the middle, uh, Alyssa Strumpf was the point guard for us. That always puts your, one of your guards basically guarding two people. And it, it takes some time for girls to, to understand, you know, reading and reacting out of that, but playing that pass out of it's probably the most important aspect for us and having kids that understand, you know, where, where's that next pass going to be out of that trap. Yeah. What a great player. You can't beat the spot, the trap right there though. man. that's perfect on the sideline. Um, Absolutely, yes. And the, the other thing, you know, and this came from coach Leggett is our biggest probably teaching point in this out of everything is, you know, we're, we're not, stealing the ball on the dribble you know you right. get in foul trouble when you start reaching on the dribble we're always trying to steal the ball on the pass and then the other thing we always try to you know just continually pound into our girls heads is that you got to keep your hands up in the air sure, uh, sure. like on, on this possession here well let's see here let me get us in the right spot here in this possession let me back it up here so we got two on the ball, hands are out, and we don't get this possession right away. They get loose on us a little bit, and then we get that back tip out of it. Oh, another good clip for us here. This is probably my, my favorite defensive possession of all time. This was in a playoff game uh, versus a ranked team who we got lucky enough to play them at home and, and beat them, but this kind of – I show this clip to to anybody that's willing to watch it, but this is really personifies, you know, our chaos system. And this is a forty five second possession on defense for us here. Once again, there's always we always got two girls on the ball. Okay. Now is that consistent throughout your? Um, I mean, do you? Do you not do that sometimes? Do you back off and so forth? I guess in certain situations, but you guys are consistently doubling. Almost almost all of our possessions, you know, I would say in the first three quarters, uh, and, and that's gonna that's gonna change based on the score. You know, if we're if we're up a lot, we'll we'll back it up and and fall into either man-to-man -man or, or a real basic zone. Right. Um, but you know, for the most part, we we're gonna stick. Uh, we're gonna stick in that in that chaos where we're sending two at the ball. The only time we don't send two at the ball, I'll flip back over here uh, to my clips and back this guy up for us. The only time we don't send two at the basketball is at the start of a possession. So if I back this up here, and our alignment is a. Nobody ever believes me when I say this, but this alignment to start is this is our half court version of this, but it's it's a one 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 two is what it is okay. how we start. Right. Us off. 
um, which is, I don't know very many people that do that to be perfectly honest. Um, but our, our one here, again, her, her responsibilities stay the same in the half court as they do in the full court. Uh, we're always going to send the ball handler to their weak hand, you know, about 90% of the time that's to their left hand. Um, so she's going to force a speed dribble here to the left. And from there, the, the two right here in the middle of the floor, her job is to take the first pass. Or if she thinks she can trap, if her head's down, uh, she's out of control, she can go trap the ball at that point. Which So we do a pretty good job of keeping, keeping her on her left hand here and force her left. And from there, the traps come. And at that point, it, it just turns into our, our straight scramble. And Matt, do you uh, – because we, we run a 2-2-1 uh, back into the actual the 2-1-2, uh, the buzz. and um, But I really like what you're doing on that. I'm actually uh, – I, I think with, with our press, it would be nice to have a little variation, maybe a 1-2-2. Two, two. But uh, I, don't like, I don't like to confuse our players too much. But do you actually – are you always in that one-guard single front? Um, For – you know, for the most part, yes. Uh, if if we have the the talent and we have the athleticism to do it, if I flip back over here, um, so we we're very blessed here. We we have a an unbelievable cross country program. They've won uh, ten state titles between the boys and the girls wow. here in the last few years. Nice. And, uh, so there there's two all state cross country runners on this squad. And then uh, our our reader, if you will, the the main girl in the in the center of the press, who's right here, uh, Courtney Wolf. She was she was a volleyball player, super athletic, uh, and she could run for days. So we were able to to stay in this all the time, and and really not sub all that much because those top two cross country runners. <laughs> never came out of the game they could they could basically play 32 minutes and press and we wouldn't have to take them out so that that's kind of the uniqueness of it for us is we are able to stay in it for as long as we needed to yeah yeah and of course you got to have the depth right uh i mean do you um do you run it even if maybe your your depth's not as good or or what's your philosophy on that yeah so you know, this year we we only have one uh, one cross country runner in the program. Uh, a few of those girls from that last clip are in there, um, and, and we're going to play probably nine or ten deep this year. Um, we got an infusion of young talent that that's going to come in and uh, help us out. So this year we'll probably play a much deeper bench just because we don't have the the blessing of the of multiple cross country kids. Um, but the reason, you know, one is that there's two big reasons I like to play this, this style. And, and the first is, you know, you, you eliminate opposing coaches when you do this, mm -hmm. um, from half the game, you know, that there's no, there's no set offense, there's no continuity offense. And when you do that to other, you know, other coaches, and I think about this all the time, if, if I'm going to go play a team that plays you know, something completely outside of the box. How much time do, you know, I as a coach or us as a coaching staff, do we really want to devote 
into preparing for something that we might only see once or maybe twice. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where it's a, a, a benefit cost analysis for, you You know, do we really want to try to get ready for this? And can teams, you know, can, can you effectively take a, a JV team or your second five on your varsity and even simulate something like this? And I think it's so effective because you really can't. Yeah, uh, I think, um, yeah, it's very difficult to prepare for. That's why that's a fun style. But also you better have as a coach, right? Um, you better have as a coach to, to be very – I mean, you can't be controlling. You better let your kids play, right? If you're a controlling coach, I think it's a very difficult system to run. It is, and that's kind of the uh, – you know, I would say I'm, I'm – offensively I'm very particular. They say I'm OCD. Uh, so it's ironic. We run the chaos defensively and then offensively. Uh, most years, you know, we're upwards of, of 60, 70 offensive sets. You know, we're I'm calling sets every possession and trying wow. to, to get something, you know, exploit a, a matchup or, or get a look that I think, you know, is is going to get us a high percentage bucket. Um, you know, and on the on the flip side of this, the clip I got pulled up here was uh we were playing a, a licking team here and they were they were a final four caliber team uh they played in the state championship last year and uh in, in this little run of events here as i hit play you can't see the scoreboard up here but we're down i think 22 uh here in the third quarter wow and as as this game wore on here in the third quarter let me let me fast forward this here and get us into the into the second half. Uh, Licking just completely ran out of gas, and th these clips here in the second half as it as it jumps around here, I'll forward them in here. But they they basically surrender a twenty point lead here in the, in about seven minutes. So as, as they bring it down here, and the girl that's their point guard was a four-time All-Stater here, and uh, one of my favorite conversations I ever had was with with their coach Steve Ressler, who's a, a good buddy of mine. Uh, you know, he he just could not believe after getting down twenty, we we wouldn't come out of the press and we wouldn't come out of the chaos. Yeah, because you don't know, right, Matt? You don't know like when when it's going to open up, right? And that's the great thing about being a pressing team is that you don't know when you're going to see that effectiveness show up, right? Uh, or that wear and tear from the other team. No, and you don't. And like we tell our kids all the time, you know, as, as these clips go on here, you're going to get a run. You know, sometimes you get that run right away. You know, you get it at tip off. Sometimes you won't break it open till the second quarter, you know, and, and, we show this clip a lot here in this game against, you know, one of the better teams in the state. We didn't get that run till late in the third quarter. And if you can get your kids to trust that, you know, that it, it'll come. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, but it, it almost always does at some point, you know, the lungs give out, the legs give out and you just start like right there, you know, that, that's a really easy offensive rebound and should be a reset, but 
when you get tired, things, you know, like we always say, pressure breaks pipes. Right. And, and what be, what's real simple when you're fresh or you walk the ball up and down, it just, it gets real difficult when your lungs hurt and your legs hurt and coach is mad and turnovers are piling up and all those things start to steamroll and, and you can, you can play yourself right back into a game here like we did in, in this clip. So it looks like you're, you're, I mean, obviously it looks like you're uh, pressing on misses as well. Yes. Uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. We, we will, you know, we're not, and I think that's a little difference in the boys game to the girls. Uh, we don't, we won't trap necessarily like a rebounder. Our, our guards are really good about they're finding that outlet and that's, that's where they're going to start that press right there. So, they're they're trying to find ball handlers and the bigs are trying to get back right away and as soon as as soon as that ball handler gets it like right here you got you got another girl coming to you yeah free trap yeah yeah no doubt and just you just burn time out after time out after time out trying to keep up with it and unfortunately for us coaches we only get five of those but yeah, yeah. Um, now, what do you find? Um, do you find uh, teams start breaking down more, Matt? Um, is they, they? I guess, like you were saying, is they never get to be comfortable like setting up their offense. Eventually, that will break down a team, right? Particularly in the in the half court, in the um, in the front court. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, you see a lot of kids that that'll and a lot of teams where eventually you just break their spirit, you know, that because there's, there's nothing, there's nothing about it that ever lets you just stop and rest. You know, you don't get that possession of, okay, we're going to dribble this thing down and I'm going to reset mentally and we're going to get a good possession here and kind of right the ship. And eventually that, that mental fa fatigue just wears on them. And like, yeah, for sure. Um, this here was uh, kind of feeds into that. This was a, a work class three. We're right in the middle of we have five classes here in Missouri. <clears throat> and this is a class two team that we played uh, two years, going to be two years ago now. And they were a state ranked team as well. And off our makes here, you can you can really see the fatigue really start building up for them here. Just. You know, they keep seeing ball handlers or uh, defenders attacking. And as it wears on, they just – the coach here actually burned four timeouts in the first half just trying to, to slow them down. What about fouls, Matt? Because I know referees, I hate to say this, uh, in the girls' game, um, they see an aggressive team and they start blowing their whistle like every possession. Um what what's your opinion on that? Uh, how do you deal with fouls? And um, I mean, I to me it's kind of frustrating. But I think after a while, I think in the second half, I think referees go, okay, this is their style of play, so we're going to let them play a little bit. What's your philosophy there? Yeah, when we first started doing this about four years ago, uh, we had a lot of issues with officials trying to, you know, and and I'm not getting on officials here, but a lot of officials just trying to slow the game down. And I just wanted to let you know 
they're, they're getting ready to let us out here. Finish what you're doing and go home. Have a wonderful weekend. Elementary and high school teachers, you are free to go. Don't say we never did anything nice for you. Have a great weekend, guys. My Love apologies. Yeah, you know, they were trying to slow it, slow it down. And and you don't I think the big thing, honestly, Kevin, is you don't see a lot of girls teams that are they're that aggressive full court. There's a lot of really good half court man to man, just, you know, kind of crawl up in your shorts with you and tough yeah. that way. Um, and a, as we continue playing this way, I think. You know, we see a lot of the same officials, and as they get used to it, I think it really loosens up. Teachers, please yeah. make sure you have made all of your necessary contacts with parents, and you've done everything that you need to do during parent-teacher conferences. Make sure that you shut your window if you opened it, log off your computer, all that good stuff. Not a problem, Matt. Hey, I, I know how it is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, it, it as – as the years have gone on here, I think we've really started to, you know, I, I don't want to say I, I'm going to use the word reputation, but I think the the program and the style, uh, I, I think officials coming in kind of know what they're they're walking into a lot of times. You know, it's going to be it's going to be pressure and it's going to be tempo. And as as we've done this, I think it, it's it's kind of leveled out for us. We still get in foul trouble, um, but you know, I, I think a lot of times it's our girls making the mistakes and, and definitely not the officials, you know, they get, when that game speeds up and we start getting, you know, those turnover runs, they get excited. And uh, most of the time we put ourselves in foul trouble more than the officials. Yeah, that's so true. And that's, I love what you said about getting the hands up. I think, what do you do to teach not, not only not fouling, being aggressive, but not fouling, but what, 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 give me a, give me a couple drills that you guys utilize to really help you guys pressure and trap. Uh, I, I should have actually had you have a clip for that, but I would love to kind of hear about what you what you do in your drills. Yeah, so the, the big thing here, um, and I can pull a clip up here as, as we go. Uh, and I, I took this from our boys coach, but a lot of times we'll put, you know, I'll put my five varsity girls out there, our starters, and then we'll put seven, eight, nine girls on the floor against them. Mm -hmm. and, and pressure them that way to get them used to the pressure. And, uh, you know, that it, it does a couple things for us there as far as uh, handling pressure. And with our young kids, when we do that, a lot of times what you see is, you know, when, when you put that many of them on the floor together, they can kind of start figuring out, okay, I can, I can cheat this way. I can move, you know, I can move over here. I can play this pass and, and, it really gets them to start reading the floor more than anything. Um, the other thing we do a lot of is we do a lot of two on one, uh, just full court ball handling as mm -hmm. far as you're going to have two defenders on you all the time. And sometimes if, if they're just not listening, we'll put a towel in their hands uh, and make them hold the towel above their head. So it, it's all, you know, the ball handlers got the ball and you got two, two defenders on you with, Sure. With towels and it one you're working on footwork and two you got to keep that you got to keep that towel up yeah that's think, cool. yeah you know as you look at a lot of these traps here you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of hands go up in the air here especially with there's a good trap from us 
Uh, but the hands are always up and, you know, it, it's amazing how many girls will throw a ball, you know, try to throw a skip pass or an over the head pass right into your hands. Every, you know, they'll do it three or four possessions in a row. Yeah. Let's see if I can get a couple good in the second half of this game. We got a couple real, real good examples of. We already saw. You're, you're even trapping Matt up top. Anytime you know, anytime our our kids feel like that. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, head master trainer with the Tack Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision podcast clinic series. Brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Furtado is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics, lecture-style via Zoomcast and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. The ball handler, again, if they're out of control, if their eyes go down, um, Scouting report wise, if we know we got a ball handler that can't go left and they're coming left, it's it, they have the green light to go ahead and go. Let's see here. I think we get a couple good traps here in the second half coming out of the back of this press. Like right there, she just dribbles it off her foot. Yeah. Here we go. There we go. So again. So when you know Courtney comes into this trap and she's not even she's not playing a bounce pass, she's not trying to get a hand in and, and get a jump ball. Her hands go straight up in the air. You know, as she comes in here, she's simply playing that that reversal. Right. And we get that tip. I think she gets three or four here in the in the fourth quarter for us. There's another one. I can't remember. Get one off the a dribble off the foot again. We get one in the corner right here. You know, and I think if if our listeners can see it or or view it here, a lot of these you can see they start our girls are really good about we're not playing, you know, and this kind of goes to your buzz principle. This is a really good example. Again, it's Courtney, but our kids don't play the man. Uh, they're playing passing lanes. They're playing passing angles, and they're they're reading eyes. So as this ball comes out here, you know, and Courtney's coming up to the ball, she's simply just reading her eyes, and her hands are up in the air, and and we buy another possession out of it. And again, this was a game. Uh, this particular game, we were down twenty in this game as well, and this is our number one rival at their place, mm. and. Uh, we came all the way back from 20 down and ended up winning this game uh, with the with the chaos. So it's it's hard not to believe in it when when you see it. Right. Yeah. If you can come back from that type of deficit, um, 
Yeah, they're definitely believing in that. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the risk reward, right, Matt? That's something you have to kind of uh, teach to the uh, your your parents and your fans. It's a selling point, huh? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, hey, man, they got to they got to back off the press. So you got to sell it to even your crowd, right? Yeah, you do. I mean, and, and that's one of the things I think the hardest part about doing doing this and and really no matter what you're doing in. I, I I think most coaches would would say this, but it's hard because w- when you decide to do something, if if you know if you got the kids and the athletes to do it, you know there there's going to be games like in my notes there. You're going to lose to some teams that you maybe if if you just played a traditional walk it up, you know five on five, you know the more talented teams probably going to win. Uh, you you might lose to some teams that you probably shouldn't lose to, and then you're going to, you're going to win some games and you're going to beat some teams that you probably shouldn't beat either. So, you know, having that, and if you have success with it, you know, we've been very successful with it. Um, So I think it kind of sold itself, but you know, if if there's any coaches thinking about trying to put this in that that's the one thing I would tell them, you know, if, if you're going to do it, the number one, the kids love it. And I think that's the most important thing, you know, kids, because right. you're putting the game in their hands. You're taking it out of yours, like you had said earlier. You know, you're basically – you're not necessarily handing them the keys to the bus, but you're saying, you know, this is this is your game. This is your your effort, your intensity, and your belief is what's going to make this work or not. And if the kids – if the kids buy into it and you start winning games, it just – it, it's like a, the inevitable snowball. It starts rolling, and it's it, from there. It's all, as we say, it's all gravy. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I know you listened to Mike the other day, and he was talking about particularly coaching women or girls. Um, they love this type of style because it gives them a lot of ownership, and um, they they enjoy that. You know what I'm saying? You're not actually coaching them every single play. They got to make a lot of decisions. And I think that's important. Yeah. And, you know, especially, especially high school kids, you know, and, and even college, but especially high school kids, you know, they're, they're at that time in their life where, you know, they're trying to figure some things out and they're not going to be perfect. No matter how much you believe, you know, as a coach, you, you think you can get them ready and you can, you can give them a scouting report and I can show you on film what's going to happen. And you think you have them ready and then you, you get to the game and, you know, nothing goes the way you thought it was going to go. And, you know, and by, by giving them that, by giving them extra possessions and letting them basically own, own the game, you know, it, it, it's almost a sense of freedom for them. Freedom. Yeah, that's a great word right there. No doubt about that. Hey, man, the videos are great, man. Matter of fact, um, I know a lot of my, you know, I, I have a podcast, plus I'm, I'm doing a clinic series that you're probably aware of that I'm sending uh, coaches these videos. Uh, this is a great resource right here, my friend. I just want to tell you, I mean, a lot of, co- including myself, absolutely love this. They can see it, how, just how your kids play. Hey, let's, let's kind of transition in the offense because I'm really curious to see how you can go from this style and then be more controlled and making a lot, having a lot of sets, but which might make sense after listening to you. Yeah. Like I said, uh, you know, my kids, they give me a hard time uh, about a lot of things, but offensively and, 
when I first, I, I got to be honest, when I first came into high, into the high school side of things, uh, I was not, I was not a control guy. Just, just being from the AAU side of things, I always had a, a ton of talent and, it was one of those things where I, I didn't have to control the game. You know, you could play some motion and, you know, in certain spots you could run a set. But when I first started high school, I didn't want to, or I didn't think I was going to be that guy. And then, you know, the more, the more we got into the offensive side of things, as far as continuity and, you know, were we going to be a, a dribble drive team or were we going to play horns or, you know, what in the heck are we going to do? It, it got really simple for me in that, you know, offensively, especially with girls, you know, I, I could, I can give them 50 sets and call them out. And, you know, I, I think some people won't believe me when I say it, but I can call any of those sets. And I, I mean, I could bring them in the room right now and say, Hey, you know, you need to run. And we have funny names. We, we got, all food names. So I could be like run Cheeto or run lasagna and it, it, it wouldn't be something where, you know, or run Pringles and they line up and, and run it right now. And, and we haven't been on a court in a while, you know, that's cool. Yeah. So the video I'm going to put up here is a, a clip of uh, flare screens and different mm -hmm. variations of flare screens. We run out of sets and I'll kind of pause this and talk about it as, as we go through it here. But um you know, offensively, we we took horns, uh, which is kind of one of the, you know, the new offensive styles that has made an inroads here uh, in the basketball world the last few years, especially. But we kind of morphed horns into our, our primary alignment offensively. So a ball handler up high, uh, two high posts on the elbows and then two shooters in the corners. Mm -hmm. And then we just run a, a plethora of different flare screen variations out of it. Gotcha. So like right here on the, this is what we call Cheeto. We throw it in here and we just get our basic high flare screen away and, and get a really easy, clean look from the top of the key for a good shooter. And this is going to be the same variation, just the other side of the floor in the second half of that game. Right. And, and what's amazing, I think what, I would tell most coaches uh, about flare screens is nobody runs flare screens. You know, you, you don't, I, I can honestly say in the six years of, of high school coaching here as a head coach, I've never on a scouting report had to prep, prep one of my teams for flare screens. Why, why do you think that is though, Matt? Because um, <clears throat> I mean, I know, I know we don't. We run a lot of ball screens, but um, you know, maybe maybe you can sell me on the flare. Is it harder to teach? I think there's nuances to teaching the flare screen, certainly. Um, and we run. I, I've got some clips in here when we get to them, but we don't run a whole lot of of uh, ball screen action in, in our program just because uh, of the you know. I'm, I'm always afraid of a moving screen, especially with high school officials. Uh, yeah, I don't get a real 50-50 call, and it gets called a lot. So we kind of shy away from it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on that flare screen, typically, you know, the, the eyes are going to follow the basketball, you know, whether it's fans, officials, other players. So – and especially against a good man-to-man -man team, you know, when, when you're teaching good man, when the ball's 
if the ball's thrown to the wing and you're you're guarding the girl that passed it to the wing, you know, you're taught to jump to the basketball. Uh, and by by taking that jump to the basketball, you're automatically putting yourself at a disadvantage for a flare screen right away. Right. Uh, let's see here. If I get a good clip where we can where we can kind of demonstrate that. One of these hey, first ones. Hey Matt, if I can jump in really quick, and I, I, I absolutely love the videos. They're very clear. Um, are you looking for more three? Are you How much of your offense is layup, dribble penetration, drive kick, or is it a lot of the shot threes or a lot of the threes are coming off just like flare screens? You know, we don't. Uh, I catch some flack for this uh, from, my, from my coaching brethren, but – we're not a big dribble penetration team. Um, we shoot a ton of threes, you know, on average over the last five years here, we've made uh, upwards of 200 threes a year, um, which is for us, it ends up about, you know, eight or nine a game. Um, so, and, and most of that is designed out of flare screens. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as dribble penetration goes, uh, we have – a whole series of sets where we design dribble penetration, but 90% of those is uh, you're looking for, we're going to give you the dribble penetration as a, as a decoy basically. And if you bite on the dribble penetration, there's, there's always going to be a, a flare screen coming uh, out of that. So let me, it was coming up here. This set coming up right here is a great example so this is one of those this play is automatically this is a this is a uh, a dribble drive scenario for us so we throw it in the high post and we're going to have a fake handoff here to the to the ball handler all that's misdirection and then over here on the weak side so here's our our best shooter on the team that year we're going to draw you in here with a dribble penetration, which, as you can see, we got two girls here that are already in, in help side. We're going to freeze them up with a dribble drive. And then in the over there in the weak side corner, you're going to see a flare screen for a three come out of this. And that's designed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's – and there's – we're not – you know, we're not completely in, insane or crazy. If say out of this, out of this design here, you know, when Lauren catches the ball in the high post, if she catches this here and she can turn the corner and score, we absolutely want her to do that. Sure. Um, you know, but most coaches, you know, we all do it. We don't want to give up layups. So you got girls on the, on the helpline and you don't want to give up that layup. So, we, we try to take advantage of that with a lot of these sets. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to steal a lot of these from you. I just want to tell you, Matt. Um, <clears throat> uh, I mean, so I love it. And we're actually – what we do differently, Coach, is we run horns, but we ball screen it. Um, and I think it would be good to have you know, a uh, another series of uh, – like we, you guys are running more high, more high post passes – and run the flare screens out of that as just a variation. Yep. So, and we don't, you know, we used to set a lot of uh, high pick and roll out of that, mm -hmm. out of out of horns when we were running it more as a continuity. And then as, as things evolved and uh, 
when I first got the job here, we, we had a lot of turnover. We had a really good team uh, that departed a lot of seniors. And as this group that most of these clips are from kind of grew and evolved, we moved, we moved away from the continuity and more into, into trying to get uh, our, our flare screen action going. And this is another good clip of a horn set here where it's a misdirection right into a flare screen and back to the ball screen and okay. for a three. Yeah. So, and this, you know, this is, this is our, a testament to our scouting here. Uh, this team we're playing is, uh, they still are one of the best teams in the state, South Callaway. And they knew all of our sets as well as we did. And right. so, you know, to stay true to us, but, and still get the shots we were wanting. We had to redesign a few of these things. And this is one of those, they knew there was going to be a high, a high flare screen here. You can see him fight over it here. She takes that away. And the comeback into a ball screen was a nice, simple way for us to, to still get Courtney a, a shot from the top of the key. Yeah. That's hard to defend, man. I mean, I, I'm just telling you, you got, um, what do you find the uh, the teams that want to shut you down are basically? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at if I was playing you guys, I would be taking away the three as my main foot and forcing you guys to drive. Well, how, what are the good teams doing to you to stop you? You know, I would say our our Achilles heel would be a really good point guard that you can't. You know, I, I'll give a shout out to St. James here. They give us a great game every year. Uh, and they're a team that we just cannot get sped up. No matter what we do to them, you know, they'll handle the pressure and they'll get it in the half court. And they're they're very good about, even out of double teams, they snap passes. Uh, they're very good about throwing, you know, good, clean bounce passes. They don't They don't throw it into our hands. Sure. And if you can grind us down uh, and you slow that game down and take away the three, then, you know, we become very human at that point. But I think, you know, to your point or to your question, I think the the easiest way to slow it, to to eliminate the the three from us and, and our half court, court sets is, number one, keep your, you know, keep your best players on the floor and to do that, you gotta you gotta keep the game tempo down. And if you can keep the tempo down, we're not getting easy looks, and your kids are still mentally fresh, mentally engaged. And at that point, you know the the playing field gets gets level again. Yeah, I guess everything stems from your defense, right, Coach? If if your girls are not pressuring as hard, is that is that some of the issues? Like all us, I know with us, if we're not trapping hard. Man, we didn't come ready to play. Yeah, it's and you're gonna you're gonna hit those games, and I would say we we really look at our schedule, you know, in kind of three parts: our first eight games, our middle eight games, and then our our last eight leading into districts. And we try to pick and choose some games where we're not going to, you know, unleash the hounds, if you will, where. Sure we're going to build in some stop breaks in there where we're not going to just burn to burn and, and wear ourselves out because, you know, 24, some, 
most years we get about 24 games due to snow and that sort of stuff. But if you get into a long season where you're pushing 28, 30 games, you know, it, it no matter how much you do or how little you do in practice, you, you can wear out by, you know, mid February. Um, so that's something you gotta, you gotta take into account. Yeah. I would love to see a game between you and Jerry, uh, Jared, uh, from Boonville, man. You got the ball press, man, versus chaos, man. That'd be a great game to watch. I, I have a couple of those on film. I don't know if I want to show them because I think he beat us in both of those. <laughs> yeah, Jared might call me. He'll protest, man. He'll call me and say, what's going on? You know, a shout out to Jared, man. I I got to give him credit. His, uh, his teams, when we would press his teams because they were doing the same thing we were. Yeah. Uh, he had the only girls team I think I've ever played that could throw a three-quarter court diagonal pass for layups against against good pressure. I mean, yeah, they throw just beautiful lobs and beautiful lead passes into layups. And I think a lot of that is, you know, familiarity with the pressure. It, it wasn't something that we talk about all the time is accepting pressure. You know, if, if somebody wants to pressure you, you got to see through that you got to play through that and you still, especially as a guard, you gotta, you gotta see the floor and Jared's teams, man, they're, they're very good at it. Is that, I mean, there's very few girls that can throw that long pass though. So, I mean, I, we actually give up that diagonal, but I guess that's, there's no, there's no perfect defense, right? I mean, very few teams that can do that. Yeah. I, very few teams that can do that. I think when when I pull this up here, let me see if I can find that Boonville game real quick. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I still – the game I'm thinking of was about four years ago. Yeah, here it is. Oh, man. It's great. Let me throw a filter or two on here and see if, if I can – show our our listeners here a couple of their a couple of their diagonals in here yeah but jared jared always has i mean it seems like uh, he always reloads with just unbelievable guard play if i can get a like right here man yeah just his he's always has it seems like he always has three or four of them uh of his guards that are just strong and just poised and great with the ball. But there's another three quarter cart outlet pass from him. Here's another one. Yeah. And they got, they got some size, don't they? they got some length. Oh, it seems like, it seems like he's always loaded for bear, man. He's, he's got big girls. He's got shooters. He's got the ball handlers. He's always a handful to play. Right. And he's always he's always telling me he says, "Man, we're down." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's selling you snake oil. <laughs> um, but I guess you beat pressure. I guess you beat pressure with pressure, right? I mean, is that? Well, I mean, I can I can only speak from our point of view, but I can tell you that, ironically, teams that will turn around and pressure us back, it usually you know, what ensues is usually a complete circus. Uh, every team I've had that's been great pressing usually struggles against ball pressure. Is 
little sense as that makes. Uh, so yeah, I would say, you know, you fight fire with fire in that case. Fire with fire. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I spoke with the, I interviewed the great Jan uh, Lahudney out of Texas the other day. And she says, you fight fire with fire. You take what they do and you do the same thing to them. So I love that. Yeah. Nobody likes, nobody likes to get, you know, a, a puncher doesn't like to get punched, you know, right. and most of the time you're just not, Mentally, you're not ready for that, you know, especially I would say as a pressing program, you know, we spend so much time on our press that, you know, if you look at it, you know, retrospectively, uh, you spend so much time building your pressure and making sure your kids are ready to put pressure on that a lot of times you don't get the uh, you don't get the other side of the ball and enough time to work on that. Yeah, I love that, Coach. Hey, Coach, before you go, um, I want you to add in. You you were talking about your blobs. I think I think the blobs are underrated, um, and I think that can win a lot of games. Talk about your blob series before you go. Yeah. So uh, if you we, have, if you have the, I I will pull a couple clips up here for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to steal one or two, Coach. Come on. I. You know, I, us coaches, like I said, we're all great thieves. Uh, yeah. So let me let me back out here. I had them pulled up earlier. I think I closed them down. Uh, but we can we can find some real quick here for us. What's your philosophy on that? You run out of the same set. You what? What? Everybody has a different way they do it. Yeah, we we run everything out of the same same basic set. Uh, let me see if I can, for the most part, you know, we have, we have a few different variations, but we run a real simple, uh, real simple out of bounds uh, formation where we put all, all of our girls in the same spots. And then we have nine different options out of, out of that one set. Wow. Let's see here. Let's get to some baseline out of bounds play. So I'll make this. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. A little bit bigger so we can see it real clear. Yeah, that's great. So we always put, we put our two bigs over the ball, and then we have our two shooters uh, out on the floor, one up here at the top of the key, and then – we put our usually our best player starts here opposite of the ball. So let's just hit play here and see. I can't remember in this game what exactly we were looking for. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and I guess let the cat out of the bag here. Um, <laughs> this our number one rule is if they do not put a girl over the basketball. Mm-hmm. This is this is an automatic call for us. Usually, I don't even have to call it. And 
you know, a lot of the coaches around here have obviously caught on to this, but we have different, we have three different calls. Usually we can call a number, we can call the actual set play name, or uh, I can have a signal for it, whether it's, you know, almost like a baseball call. I can, I can do a head tap or an elbow tap, anything. We'll assign those, you know, and walkthroughs as far as if I call something and I look down on the other bench and, and they're calling out plays and they know what's coming, we'll, we'll move on to our second or third option as far as what, what the play's name. But this, this little run right here is, has probably produced more points than any other set we run, whether in the half quarter on, on blobs or slobs. And usually what happens here, especially against a two, three or a, or a lackadaisical man, if there's not somebody on the ball, our, our, Inbounder is inst instructed, just throw it right next to the defender's ear right here. Just throw it right in there. And the selling point is right here. The girl that's getting that that lob is you basically stand there and act like you don't know what's going on, and in it comes. And we don't make this shot here, but we get this a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, the angles also you're right underneath the basket there too. So I'm sure you're training your girls not to throw it too high. That I think it's kind of an underrated pass right there. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, Coach, we I can't tell you. It takes a lot of years. Here's a unique set from us. Uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of years with, with our girls. We always have the same girl take it out, and once they graduate, we kind of go through that growing pain again. But they definitely do not like throwing that pass. Um. But here we call this one Rockbridge. We stole this from uh, legendary coach Scanlon up there at Rockbridge High School on the boys program. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a very unique set that uh, I saw him run a few years back. And uh, we use this against zones all the time. So we'll stack our all four out. And it's basically a jailbreak with three shooters and you're basically looking to fill spot and up it goes. And I think we didn't, uh, we didn't knock that down, but that play is surprisingly effective because, you know, as a defense, you got four girls running at you. So you start backing up uh -huh. and when you're, you know, your shooters, you understand what's coming. So you're walking into a shot and I would say, you know, probably six out of every 10, you get a, a fairly wide open look out of it. So Matt, like it, it so does the same shooter go or, or they go to looks like yeah, well, you have two flashers or screeners and then one two shooters, right? Is that right? Or yes, sir. Okay. So what we do, let's get them back here at half court again and pause it. <laughs> they and they we were behind on the the officials got us on the wrong side here or we got on the wrong side, but typically, yeah, our two shooters are going to start in the back of this. Okay. And, and our front two are usually our forwards and one of them, their only job is to basically just straight cut the middle of that zone. So okay. she's supposed to cut right through here. And then our second big is supposed to get weak side and try to pull this guard down and that leaves this one, you know, that top girl on that two, three, basically trying to guard two shooters. And what you get there is, as you see here, her eyes are on the big here 
and the big's not even cutting the score. The big's setting the screen, and she doesn't even see the two shooters up here. But usually a high percentage look out of it. Here's another variation for you. Uh, I don't know that we get a good look. I can't remember out of this, but just the four flat again, and just a little closed door screen. And you can run this a couple of ways, but I think we run this just basic straight over the top and in for a, usually that'll be a shot. I don't know. Uh, that, that's one of the things about girls. You usually got to tell them to shoot. Uh, as ironic as that is, let's back that one up here. Let's pause it. And we can put a few arrows on here. So again, our best shooter is in the middle of that. Okay. And she has a couple options out of this. Uh, and we didn't get to see them on this set, but a lot of times when teams know what's coming here, it, you know, you're playing a good, well-coached team. All of these girls are going to suck up to this four across. And a lot of times what we'll get is a straight cut right here for a layup. Right. Uh, if that doesn't happen, when she comes out of the, out of the fray here, what we generally, what we generally run is when the ball is caught. And again, this doesn't happen here, but, is she catches it, she's going to dribble this right back up, and then we're going to bring a flare screen right here. And yeah. after this pass out, she'll peel off a flare screen, our big will roll, and you're either going to get a layup over the top to the big or you're going to get a nice good look on a flare screen three out the opposite side. But, you know, as luck would have it, my senior point guard decided to break it off and try to drive the baseline here. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she she yeah. was one of my favorites. She she caused me a lot of gray hairs. Let's see what happens here. So again, here's our normal alignment out of this. Uh just our our three across the ball and let's see what happens on this one. Oh, kind of a little little uh little split. Yep, so it this has we call this sweet potato, uh, okay. just a straight straight lob over the top to the okay. big. And then I think we get another real good – oh, here's Rockbridge again. Let's see. I thought we had another. I love the sweet potato because we have a big girl, about 6'2". Um, and that's an, – and I like to send – I would, or we have one other – really good guard that we would probably send through like you're doing um try to get that lob right and i i will find this one here real quick but as far as the drawing goes here another really simple and again we keep it real simple on out of bounds but if they're in man here on this on this cross cut a lot mm -hmm. of times so after you run that lob into the weak side you run this lob to the big girl mm -hmm. and it, people start getting real tight on defense you can run this and set a back screen right here, and you'll get a weak side layup out of that quite often. Nice. So let me see what I can pull up one more clip here before before we go. Yeah, Let's see here. I'm trying to remember a, a game where we got some real clean, easy looks. I think this is a good – Good blob game for us from last season. Well, let me put some filters in here. 
and speed up this process. All right. All right. Okay. So here we go again. Normal alignment. Again, shooter up top, shooter on the block. Nobody on the ball. So we know what's coming. And it's just it's nice, easy. It's usually a three-point play. I, I haven't been able to uh, produce a clip of us making that layup yet. <laughs> so, again, same alignment. Uh -huh. And we're going to come through here and a little sweet potato action out for a three. If I remember right, there's one of my favorite. So this is one of my favorite plays. I'm not going to give away a whole lot here as far as names, but this is a really unique one. We we stole this, uh, I want to say, from Providence, the Providence University men's program. Mm -hmm. I saw them on this one night on TV and it's like, we got we to gotta steal that. And this is a real simple misdirection. So <clears throat> we got a good shooter on the opposite corner and we're going to set them a down screen. And that basically secondary action and decoy action. If it's there, we, we will throw it, but it's not something that we're necessarily looking for. And then strong side is, is the magic here. And we got our, we got our best player coming down to the ball, just like we're going to throw it into the corner. And then we run a, a real simple rub screen here. And the result is a nice, simple layup. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, you know, all that is set up if you, if you look at this here. So now we got a girl on the ball finally, so we can't run. <clears throat> we can't run the real simple lob sets. Right. And as soon as that happens, it, it'll trigger us into one of these, one of these sets and this is – we call it a rub screen. Opposing coaches like to call it a moving screen. Uh, <laughs> That's right. It, it is a moving screen, I guess, if, you, if, if you're real technical. But what, what, we, what we teach is this second girl that's basically chasing here, uh -huh. we tell her as she's moving, her job is to rub, rub that primary defender, and then she's trying to sneak right here to the corner – as if she's going to get the ball. And sometimes, you know, if we get a switch or, or what have you, you're going to end up with the ball there. But it's a, a nice, clean rub screen, and you usually get a nice, real easy backdoor lob right in. I'm not sure. We got one more here. I'm not sure what we get on this one. Oh, this one of my favorites as well. All right, so let's back that up. Mm -hmm. And same, we got our same alignment. What's your alignment? What's your alignment there, Matt? Again, can you go back. So Is right that, here we have. We usually have our four and okay, our five. So one, okay, one here, one here. Yeah. And the original design here, like the real simple design, is for a shooter coming through a closed door screen to the corner. Mm -hmm. uh, so you got your two bigs. Let me clear those off there. You got your two bigs inside. And then we got our two shooters on the outside. And basically, you're just three over the ball here. And, you know, the beauty of having having shooters there is they demand attention, so it opens a lot of things up, whether that's half court or blobs or slobs. But And this is another – we run a ton of misdirection. But this time, instead of 
coming through, instead of Lauren coming through here for a three or a back screen, she's going to come up here for a flare screen. And what really sets this up here is our, our top big is going to swing out here and set a, a fake flares or a fake ball screen. I shouldn't say ball screen, but a fake screen as if we're going to bring Ellie down here to the corner. So we got a fake screen setting up what would look like a corner cut, and it really turns into a back screen on the opposite side. So we got our, our fake screen, two hard steps to get the defender off here. And again, this is set up right here. This is an all-stater, so they will not, you know, generally they're not going to leave her. And when she sets that back screen and no help comes, you get a nice, nice easy look at a layup there. Yeah, nice. And I'm not sure if I have any more in this game. That's it. We that's great stuff. Yeah, that's great stuff, Coach. But, yeah, so, I mean, really our blobs, you know, to put them as simple as, as we can, we, we don't run a whole lot of, you know, we don't try to overload our kids with, you know, these are our man blobs and these are our zone blobs. We, we do have one or two for zones, but we're going to run that set versus man or versus zone. Okay. And then it, it's our kids' responsibility to understand, you know, if they're in a two, three, you know, we might get, you know, options three, six, and seven, or if they're in man, we're going to get one, three, and five. It's one of those things where we spend a lot of practice time just making sure they understand you know, I might call, you know, I might call one, but if I call one and turn around and I'm coaching on the bench and they switch to a zone, you, you got to understand the nuances and the, and the various weaknesses of whatever defense is out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. I love it, man. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I love it. You know, I, I love your execution though. I love you. You can tell you guys put a lot of emphasis on it. Um, which I think in state tournament time, Matt, your blobs and slobs will win you a a a key game, doesn't it? Oh, I I firmly believe that. I you know, it's. I think it goes both ways as well. You know, as far as scouting goes, you mm -hmm. know, if you can if you can buy buckets, you know, and that's what I tell our kids all the time is you're playing four on five. Like there's absolutely no reason you should score on these plays. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we can, if we can get our, you know, if, if we can get our, what we're looking to get as far as goals, if we can get our 10 to 12 points on blobs every game, you know, girls basketball for all intents and purposes is, is really a race to 40 uh, in my mind. Um because defensively, I, I feel like, you know, most teams, even the really good teams, you're going to play games in the 40s and 50s against the really good teams. And, you know, so if, if I can get you if I can get you halfway there or a third of the way there on just baseline out of bounds plays and then you couple that with some pressure and some and some threes, we should be in really good shape no matter what's going on. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think it's an underrated part of the game. Um, and don't you agree? Coaches don't work on blob defense. I mean, no. I think it's totally neglected by the coaches that I I know I, I coach against. Yeah, and uh, again, kind of a paradigm shift for me. Uh, early in my coaching career, I, I would only play zone out of bounds because 
the communication factor and, you know, in your mind when you're playing good coaches, you, you know every good coach has good man-to-man baseline out-of-bounds sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was something that kind of, you know, scared me away from playing man. And then, you know, personally for us as a, as a program, we are we've become, in my opinion, almost, you know, we've been lucky with having in the last two years, we've had a six, two girl to put over the ball. So that eliminates a lot, but man to man out of bounds, we don't give up hardly anything. Uh, and it, it takes a ton of communication and a ton of work and, and being willing to guard outside of your position. But I, I would tell anybody to, if they're, a, you know, strictly a zone team out of bounds, uh, it's worth a look because if you're if you switch everything and you communicate, you're not going to give up easy easy layups, and then you're not going to give up you're not going to give up an open shot out of it. And whereas in a zone, you know there's soft spots and and you can move a zone and manipulate a zone in ways that you can't do that to a switching man to man. Yeah, I totally agree, uh, and that's great perspective, Coach. You gave us so many great details, man. Um, I learned so much, the videos, the clips, the uh, the detail. You can tell why you guys are so successful. Um, I really appreciate you coming on, Coach. Yeah, I, I like I said, man, Kevin, I, I'm blessed to have the opportunity. I love your, your podcast, and I would say uh, if anybody would like more clips from me uh, or, you know, I can I can send them game film or any of my – I've started sharing all of my sets with all of my buddies as well. So if they want X's and O's or, or game film from me, feel free to reach out and I will do whatever I can or provide whatever I can on my end. And I'll definitely promote you on that because um, I think, I mean, you got some great stuff, man. I, I really appreciate you sharing with us. It was very detailed coach. How, what's the best way to reach out to you? You know, I would say the easiest way to get a hold of me is uh, text me. Uh, my my cell phone number is 720-635-3532, or they can shoot me an email. Uh, it's Baker and then M, so Baker M at FatimaComets.org. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Uh, Matter of fact, this is going to be on my clinic series and so forth. It's probably going to be one of the favorite ones. I got great coaches, uh, Joe Lombard, uh, Rhonda Farney. got a text. I got uh, uh, Gene Durden. I got some great coaches, man, presenting. So you're part of that. I really appreciate you joining me. Absolutely, Coach. I uh, Again, I'm thankful for you reaching out and offering, uh, offering the opportunity to me and uh, look forward to listening to your podcast in the future. All right, Matt, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. Absolutely, Kevin. Right, Same thing. Good luck this season, and hopefully we chat soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Hi, this is Kurt Gilsdorf, Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. 
Uh, Kevin himself is, is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast. Kevin Furtado, keep up the great work. Coaches, hello. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. <clears throat> I am the director and uh, founder of Championship Vision Podcast. Uh, we are doing our first annual Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Uh, the clinic series is a one-of-a-kind basketball coaching instructional clinic. We'll have the best high school basketball coaches in the country sharing their secrets to their success of their programs. We'll have two types of virtual clinics, lecture and on-court instructional. Both of these will be done to provide you the best instructional resources to improve your basketball program. The lecture series will be a Zoomcast instructional <clears throat> program done with the highest of integrity. We have the best high school basketball coaches in the country giving detailed analysis of their programs. The on-court instruction. This will be recorded videos of specific basketball topics done on court from some of the best high school basketball coaches in America. They will be conducting drills and skills with their players in an on-court instructional setting. All of these great coaches are first class. They are all nationally ranked coaches and programs. <clears throat> the clinics will be available on October 30th, 2020. You can purchase any time before that date. The clinics will be emailed to your address on October 30th. You can also purchase the clinics after October 30th on my website at www.championshipvision.org. Here are some of the clinicians and speakers for the clinic. Coach Lynn Farello, head boys basketball coach at Paul VI High School in Chantilly, Virginia. He was a 2020 nationally ranked program, 12th ranked program on Max Prep. His topic will be building all around players. Coach Tim Hayworth, head boys basketball coach at Mayo High School in Louisville, Kentucky, four time Kentucky State champions. His topic, zone offensive sets. Coach Rob Buechler, Head boys basketball coach, Eastern High School, Sardinia, Ohio. Topic, off-season skill development. Coach Jerry Finkbeiner, former Utah State, Oral Roberts, and Southern Nazarene University women's basketball coach. The topic, he, the Twilight Zone defense, which he created. Coach Mike DeVilbus, head women's basketball coach, Lewis and Clark State University and Southern Idaho. Former Illinois assistant women's basketball coach, former assistant women's basketball coach, Wisconsin Green Bay University, and current athletic director at Lakeland High School in North Idaho. His topic, the buzz defense. Coach Jeff Graham, head girls basketball coach at Bilt High School, Bilt, Montana, six times Montana's girls basketball state champion. His topic, individual workouts and competitive shooting. Coach Gene Durden and his son, Kobe Durden, Head girls basketball coach, Buford High School, eight-time Georgia High School state champion, Kobe Durden, assistant girls basketball coach at Buford. The topic, Buford's post-pre-practice drills. Coach Danny Brizard, head boys basketball coach at St. Thomas More Catholic High School, Lafayette, Louisiana, career record 1,021 wins and 134 losses. Topics, building a complete program and winning skill development drills. Coach Rhonda Farney, head girls basketball coach at Georgetown High School 
in Georgetown, Texas. Sixth all-time lead it list in wins in 1,183. The topic, sustaining success at your program and also the combination press. Coach Joe Lombard, former head girls basketball coach, Canyon High School, Canyon, Texas. 19 state high school state championships in Texas. His topic, full court pressure defense. Coach Stephen Mackey, founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development. Topic, how to develop a character development curriculum at your school. Coach Charlie Miller, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball, founder of Attack Basketball Academy. And also Coach Jim Huber, head coach with Breakthrough Basketball. The topic, holistic basketball, a unique approach to looking at all aspects of a basketball player, mental, physical, and emotional, and how to integrate all of these in developing a complete basketball player. Coach Jarrett Hunsinger, head girls basketball coach at Boonville High School, and Coach Greg Bisher, head boys basketball coach at La Plata High School in La Plata, Missouri. The topic, the one ball press. Coach Doug Porter, head women's basketball coach, Bethel University, Meshaqua, Indiana. Coach Gary Smith, legendary men's basketball coach at Redlands University in Redlands, California. Topic, coaching the system. Coach Zan Lahudney, Inducted into the Texas Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame in May of 1999. The great basketball coach, three state championships in Texas and seven state runner-up titles at Victoria East High School in Texas. Topic, competitive winning basketball drills. Coach Nicole Dixon, head girls basketball coach, Holy Innocent High School, Atlanta, Georgia. 2020 GHSA State Single-A Girls Basketball Champion. Topic, one body, many parts, valuing and empowering coaches and players. And Coach Kevin Furtado, <clears throat> head girls varsity basketball coach at Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. The topic, transition offensive drills and hop shooting technique. So <clears throat> if you want access to these, uh, I will be sending out a link to a Google form sheet. You fill out if you want the complete series, $29.99. And if you want individual uh, clinics, it's $4.99. So you can't beat this. You got some of the best coaches in America. Uh, for this price, it's unbelievable. All Zoom clinics, all recorded clinics for you to view. So, hey, I'm looking forward to... Um, having you guys contact me, you can contact me at my email address at furtadok57 at gmail.com, or you can call me at 478-461-4403, the Championship Vision Podcast Clinic Series. Stay tuned.